I'm here with Levitt head football coach Mike Hathaway. Uh, coach, uh, when we talked last week, I think this game played out just the way you thought it would. Yeah, um, you know, actually, we we probably ran the ball a little bit better, uh, you know, throughout the game, but especially in the first half than, than I thought we might against their defense. Uh, but we knew they were going to be tough, and and they were. Uh, we went up twenty to nothing at the half, and uh, th there was no quit on that side of the ball for sure. Um, you know, they're very technically sound, very well coached, um, just a tough, physical, gritty type of team that was, you know, it was hard for us to put them away. So, so you had to adjust. I mean, you you said last week, and we've seen it before. Their defense is top on the top notch, and. So I'm guessing that some some things that you're usually able to do, you weren't able to do. Yeah, um, you know we, you know they they've got they've got a couple of studs over there on defense. So you know part of our game plan really was uh, to try to put those guys in situations where we could read them, or you know we were giving them some misdirection that would kind of you know lead them away from uh, from the play. So we were successful with a lot of that in the first half, and then uh, you know they made some good halftime adjustments. Uh, defensively, and you know, we maybe didn't throw the ball as well as, as we have. You know, it was a little little rainy, and uh, you know, the conditions weren't great for it. But some passes that we normally complete or normally catch that um, you know we, we didn't really didn't really put there that cost us maybe a couple scores early, and then uh, you know, early in that second half, and then a, a good team like that, if you don't put them away, and um, you know, you, you give them a chance, and you know, we had a turnover on a special team, and uh, you know, we kind of let them back in, uh, but. Uh, you know, last year when that happened to us uh, against Freiburg twice, really, you know, we didn't really answer back that well. And uh, this year I told our guys after the game, even though it was, you know, the, the score was closer than we wanted, it, it, it uh, was a situation where we had the ball with five and a half minutes to go and, uh, you know, a six-point lead, and you've got to protect that lead, and, and we ate all but ten seconds off the clock. So, uh, you know, for us to put that kind of drive together with our offensive line and our run game, uh, was 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 pretty good and and we were able to seal it. So, but it was definitely a that's a good football team and a, a team that's going to get better. They you know they've got some new guys out there and uh, they really played a, a much better second half than the first half. So to me, that's the team that's going to be pretty tough down the stretch. Yeah, it'd be a team that we'll all hear from in the playoffs without a doubt. Uh, tell me about uh, players that you want to single out that either surprised you or did what you expected. You know, any anybody in particular? Yeah, I thought. Uh, you know, offensively, Mark Herman was was fantastic. He had, I think, seven or eight carries for around 130 something. Um, he had a big, big 50 uh, plus yard touchdown run in the first half, and uh, he had a big run on a on a third and short. He, he got about a 30 yard gain on that last drive. Uh, he just made some great cuts. Damian Calder was back too, uh, to so to have the two of them is kind of that one two punch in the slot, running our jet sweep stuff, and you know they caught some shovel passes and some some short passes in the flat and. Uh, it was just it was nice having both of them back on the field together, um, and then Deshaun, uh, Damian's brother, and Alan Peabody really ran well at the the tailback spot for us as well. So you know overall, I think the the biggest thing was we we're real real happy with the way we ran the ball against a good defense on a on a tough weather day, and uh, we spread the ball around. And we told our team yesterday, ten different guys touched the ball for us on Saturday, and in two games we've had two separate hundred yard rushes, and and we've thrown for over a hundred both games as well. So. Uh, we're, we're getting good balance on offense. We're getting good play out of the offensive line. And, uh, you know, defensively, Hunter Hayes had an interception. Uh, he, he had a pretty good day in the secondary for us, came up and, and made some big plays. And, 
Uh, Tommy Casey and Riley Parmit are really good playing inside backer. Their inside run game and and their quarterback run game, which is is really good. Uh, those guys did a really nice job. And you know, Riley had been out the week before, so to get him back healthy, uh, you know, that was a, a big help as well. So, talking with Coach Mike Hathaway from Levitt, uh, Coach, uh, going to Foxcroft Academy uh, this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you better leave now. <laughs> yeah. Right. A little, little bit of a trip. That's all right, though. What? Uh, well, first of all, let me ask you, are there any special plans that you have, knowing that it's how long is it going to take to get there? Uh, we're planning on 2.15 on the bus. Um, it, you know, it says on the MapQuest it's about 2.05 in a car. So, um, you know, I, I don't nothing really. We're going to meet after school and have our regular meeting that we would have before we left for any game. Um, you know, the boosters will supply us with some sandwiches and meals for the kids to eat on the way up, which they do for every game anyway. Uh, and I don't think we're planning on stopping. I think we just want to get there, um, you know, as early as we can get there and get off the bus and kind of get our legs back a little bit. We'll go down and walk the field together, which yeah. is something we maybe don't normally do. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll do that and, and maybe just take the field a little bit earlier for pregame than we might normally uh, just to get, you know, we'll run a few more plays and just try to get, you know, a little bit of a sweat worked up before the game and, and get ready to go. Do you, um, do you normally, like, like to get there really early, or are you one that likes nah, to get there and let's play? No, I mean, we, you know, we like to, you know, most of our trips are long, so, you know, we're not going to show, show up changed up ever. Um, you know, so we like to get to the locker room, get some music on, you know, some kids will go down to the field, some kids will get taped up. Um, so, you know, I mean, usually about 5 o'clock is, is pretty good for us. Uh, we, we like about that time uh, on a 7 o'clock game on the road. Uh, that gives us about a half an hour to 40 minutes to get our specialists ready. Uh, then those guys get out and do some kicking and punting, and then we kind of get everybody out to the field uh, a little bit before, uh, or right around 6 usually, so that we can get a good third. It takes us about 35 minutes to get through our pregame, and then we have a little bit of time to uh, get back, get some water, we get some fruit on the sidelines so they can get something quick before the game, and, and then good to go. You know, I, I, I think about how much that's changed to what, how people feel about the pregame. And I think I talked to you last year when we were having the Bates coaches on our show and the swim coach said he expects his kids on a, on the day of a meet to get there, you know, first thing in the morning and swim their living <laughs> right. life off. And I kept thinking, what? You get, you're going to wear them all? He goes, no, no, they better be in shape. I want their, tw- right. yeah, their, their quick twitch muscles to be jacked and ready to go. And when yep. they come back, they are ready to roll. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we throw a lot of routes in pregame. Um, you know, we, I mean, we have, our, you know, we have our routine that we go through, but we try to work up a pretty good sweat in pregame. And, you know, the nice thing at home is you get to kind of go back into the locker room and, you know, water up and, you know, have some fruit and talk a little bit or whatever. So, you, you know, you kind of get it done early. And, you know, I know our guys at home, they like to go down on the field and do some stuff before we even go out for pregame. Sure. Like Wyatt will go down and, you know, take a couple of guys and throw some red zone routes and, you know, our uh, – you know, our snappers might go out a little bit early and get some, you know, our centers might get some extra snaps uh, with some of the other quarterbacks or, or whatever. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I like, you know, there's also a balance. You know, we told, tell our kids all the time, you can't, uh, you know, you, you got to build it up so you're ready to play at 7. You can't, you know, you, yeah. Yeah, at 630, you can't be expending a bunch of energy sure. yelling and screaming and, and doing that. So, you know, we're not a big rah-rah team in, in pregame and, and you know we don't run a lot of you know we don't go against each other in pregame when we run our offense or defense um, you know it's pretty low-key in, in that regards 
but we do try to tell the kids, you know, you got to work up a good sweat so that when the game kicks off at 7, you're ready to go. Um, you talked before we went on the air about uh, – this is Mike Cathaway, by the way. You talked uh, before we came on about the new 40-second clock. Yeah. And so far, the places I've talked to people and whatever, you're the only place that has the clock. <laughs> yeah, we uh, – yeah, we were lucky enough to to get one right away. Um, you know, I I love having it, uh, especially on both ends of the field. It's visible to the quarterback. It's visible to the coaches. Uh, you're not guessing as much, and you know you're not relying on an official and waiting to see if his hand's going up. It it just makes it a little bit easier. And then certainly the end of the game situations. Um, you know, it was good for us at, at Freiburg. I think we were talking before, like uh, you know, to to face the adversity that we faced with the turnovers and some penalties and some you know tip balls and. You know, some really some breaks in the second half that certainly, you know, went their way. You know, for us to come back and have to battle that, I think, was really good. And, um, you know, to also have to execute an end of the game, you know, as, as they would call in the NFL, the four-minute drive and, you know, milk the play clock and get that thing down, uh, you know, that was good as well. But it's a little bit harder on the road. Sure. Uh, but the, one of the differences in the officiating this year is with the 40-second clock, now the referee raises his hand at 10. Uh, and it used to be he just started counting at 5, so... You know, I think we were saying for us, with some motions and things that we do, it's a little tough to get that snap off in time, sometimes in five seconds. Uh, and I thought, you know, our, you know, Wyatt did a good job of watching the official and, and milking the play clock down to two or three seconds every time, and, and we were able to get some first downs and, and close that thing out. I was thinking about it, it probably hasn't changed the, the time that much. I mean, now it's he's down, the whistle blows, they start the clock for 40 seconds, they got to bring it in, set it. Well, they always had to do that, right. and that's why they said, okay, you got about 25 once they reset it. Yep. So if you're a team that doesn't go to the huddle, yep. you're, you're caught right on the line. Yep. Does that seem longer? Uh, I know the officials are hustling in because they know they're on a clock. Yeah. Um, Before they don't on a clock until he says ready for play. Right, and you know, that, to me the, the biggest difference is that teams can't milk the clock as much because you know, they'd run the quarterback to the sideline, the official would kind of wait till he was running back, and then they blow the ready for play. Uh, this, to me, is a lot more consistent. Uh, you know, we try to, because we're a no-huddle team, we try to coach our kids up a lot on, you know, if there's an incomplete pass, you go get the ball, give it to the official, uh, then go get to your spot in the formation. Uh, you know, we have now we have two ball guys instead of one. So we have sure. one who's about 30 yards down the field and another one who's at the line of scrimmage. So if the ball goes out of bounds, we can get another one in there. Um, so, it, you know, I don't think it's affected us, you know, a lot offensively. Um, you know, really, we were kind of doing that stuff anyway. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it – but it does keep a, a better tempo to the game. It, it seems, seems like the game moves a little bit quicker in, in some ways. I thought even though, of course – the first two games I did were running time, so that right that, that, moved, that moves much, a little but, quick. But but the EL game, even with teams trying to throw late in the game, EL trying to catch up, I still when I looked at my watch when the game was over, I, I thought it went a little quicker. Yeah, I think you know it, early in the season it might be a little tougher to tell because teams are getting so many penalties. Um, you know, I think it takes everybody a couple weeks to work out some of those things, and you know probably takes the officials a couple weeks too to you know enforce some things so that kids stop doing them. Uh, but, you know, I think our games, you know, have had a lot of penalties the last couple of weeks, so they've been a little bit longer. Um, but uh, I think once the season kind of gets rolling here, you'll, you'll see them a little bit shorter. Well, Coach, thanks. Good luck uh, at Foxcroft. It's a great – you've been there. It's a great place. Yeah, uh, it's, a, you know, an awesome, great tradition. awesome facility. So we're really looking forward to playing in a place with that kind of tradition. And, and you know, it's a, it's a good team. They're scoring like 50 points a game. Uh, you know, great coach and Danny White up there. So we're, we're looking forward to the challenge for sure. I'm here with Lisbon head football coach Chris Cates. 
Coach uh, Madison Karabek. I remember the days that it was just Madison, and they were all anybody wanted to try to handle. Uh, but uh, by, at least by the score and first downs or whatever, it went the way you would want it to. Well, I, th I think defensively we, we played pretty well in this game and, you know, was able to get some short fields for the offense. And, uh, you know, I mean, Madison's turned over some, some great players the past couple of years too. I mean, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to reload when you, when you lose some of the quality players that they have over, over the past two seasons. But, uh, you know, they had some good ball players over there. But I think, you know, you know, I don't think it was necessarily because they were down. I think it's you know, our kids executed, and uh, I think we had a pretty good, pretty good day. Uh, any particular kids or parts of your roster that you thought played pretty well? Uh, I was critical uh, in week one of our uh, defensive ends and our outside linebackers, but you know, I think they rebounded really well. You know, I think they uh, kind of took it to heart in practice last week, and you know, they had a real good week. And uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know, I think all all those kids played played really well in this game, and uh, you know, it's good to see them rebound like that. Any particular kids that uh, uh, I, just, stood I, th out? I think as a, as a unit, you know, and you know, so our DNs, we, you know, we had um, uh, Nick Blair, Daniel Bolton, um, Levi Levesque, and uh, Kevin Gallick, and outside linebackers uh, Justin Lee and Colin Hool. They, I mean, I think I think collectively as a group, I mean, that's a, a big part of our defense. And you know, I, I think uh, you know, I think they all had had a great week. How about offensively? Any uh, anybody that stood out these first couple of games? Uh, so uh, against Madison, uh, Daytona McIver had had three touchdowns, and uh, you know a couple of them he benefited from a short field, but uh, um, eighty something yards rushing, and uh, Nick Blair had about eighty yards rushing as well. And oh. um, you know I, I think our backs did a lot better job of hitting the hole this week, and and uh, you know we put our sophomore quarterback again. We were still missing our starter, and uh, you know I think he uh, was composed and you know did a pretty good job for for a young kid. I think it's hard. We talked last time about uh, preseason, how it's so different. It's yeah. so short with the no pads and whatever, and then school starting and whatever. I think that shows up in those kind of things, hitting the hole right. I mean, you can only run it so many times, and but repetition, if you've got plenty of days to do it, right. you can get in things you want. Yeah, and I think we, uh, you know, we tried to go with more of an accelerated uh, install schedule this year, and um you know, I think we would have done that anyways, even if we had the full the full preseason length. So I'm not going to blame it on that. But uh, you know, in hindsight, we kind of went back to the basics last week, and you know, kind of really focused on you know things as simple as you know, you know, where to hit where where the blocks are going to set up and where to hit the hole. And you know, I think our backs benefited from it last week. You know, I always say the fans think that you know back to basics is boring, but you and I would say, you know what? It teaches them how to play. It's the fundamentals, and you win. Well, there's a big difference between if a back runs the B gap, you know, instead of A gap when sure. he's supposed to, or you know, these, you know, especially with how good some of these defensive lines we play against are. I mean, it's, uh, you know, these holes aren't open very long. So if you, you know, if, if you uh, pitter patter in the hole a little bit, you're you're not going to gain very many yards. So Mike Haley used to have a great. Uh, phrase, you would say, hey, look, those guys that are blocking, they're looking over their shoulder to see where you're going. Right. They're blocking what the assignment says in the hole. You, you adjust to them. Never mind. They're looking over the shoulder. So don't start trying to break outside until you get through the hole. Right. Then... You know, otherwise he's going to block him right into you, right. and uh, it's so true. Well, I, you know, we have some young kids there too. I, you know, I mean, Nick, Nick Blair's a sophomore. You know, Daytona's a junior, right? So it's not—it's not like these guys are all, all seniors and they've been playing four years of varsity football. And you know, so it's there's going to be some uh, growing pains there, but uh, you know, you know, they, they take it to heart and they, uh, you know, they want to get better. And you know, I think it shows. You know, you know on Monday, you know, on Monday at practice, we come come watch the film and uh, you know they try and improve that stuff on a you know on a daily basis sure now i asked uh, i interviewed uh, i interviewed mike Cathaway on tuesday morning and i asked him about did he think that the 42nd clock versus 
he said, you know, sometimes the quarterback goes over to get the play from the coach and officials take the time getting it in and they wait till everybody's all set and then they go ready for play versus now, boom, it starts. Right. It's speed. I, do you think it speeds things up or? Uh, I think, I think so. I mean, but we, uh, you know, we try to go with a little with a little more tempo, um, anyways. And you know, we're not we're not full on no huddle all the time. But we, um, you know, if if I'm sending a play in, I'm not having the, I'm not trying to have the quarterback come to the sideline. I'm trying to send another kid in to, sure. to bring the play in. And uh, but you know, I, I think it's I think a couple of delay games kind of surprised some people earlier in the season just because of how you know you think longer play clock, I'm gonna have more time. But that's not always the case. No. Not always the case with this. And uh, you know, we're a run heavy team, so we're not chasing the football down the sidelines or anything like that. So it's you know. It hasn't affected us there, but that's the way you're saying he has two ball boys, one at the line of scrimmage and one downfield in case yeah. they do throw a pass. Well, they, they throw uh, they throw a lot they more than we do. A bit more. So, yeah. but uh, no, I, I think overall it's good though. I mean, it, it gets it gets definitely gets it more consistent. You know, um, you know the time between snaps is gonna be is gonna be more consistent now from what it was before. I mean, before you could be waiting for the referee to spot the ball and. Um, you know, for whatever reason, right? And, uh, sure. you know, you could have a minute and a half in between plays or you could have exactly 25. I mean, it's, sure. you know, it all depends on, you know, a couple different yeah. factors outside yeah. of your control. So Mountain Valley this week, um, they had a tough game against Oak Hill last week, but you, you said in looking at them, you thought up front they looked pretty decent. Oh, well, they're always going to be pretty tough inside. I mean, that's kind of, you, know, you know, kind of the Milltown uh, MO and, um you know, and we've we've only been playing them for the past couple of years, but they've uh, you know they've always been tough inside, and um, you know they're going to be physical at the point of attack, and you know it's you know you know it's kind of a tall order sometimes, but we're going to match that physicality and you know and try and get after it. Yeah. Well, coach, good luck and uh, thanks a lot. Thank you. Appreciate it. See you next All right, week. take care. See I'm here with Oak Hill head football coach Station Doucet. Coach, what a better outcome this year, this week uh, against Mountain Valley. Yeah, I thought the kids played well. We had a good practice week. Uh, I thought we distributed the ball well for the backs and the receivers. Uh, I thought Gavin had a good game. Uh, the offensive line did a good job of protection. I think the defense showed up to play, especially the secondary. Um, we ball hawked the ball at times. Well, seven turnovers. Yeah. Uh, I didn't read what they were. Uh, six interceptions, I believe. Oh, wow. So yeah. they really did go to the yeah. ball. The sec- secondary had a good game. I, I, we kind of recovered from the York game. and. Uh, we're pretty happy with that, and this week we're going to see the ball in the air again from Winthrop. So did you, were you able to stop their running attack so they needed to throw the ball? Is that why no, they threw it so I, much? I, no, I thought their run attack was okay. I think uh, we scored, we're scoring points, and we're trying to just get back in the game. Yeah. Try to keep up. Because I know you were a little worried when we talked last week yeah. about their interior, you know, their running game. Yeah, yeah, I think they run, they are a very physical team. Yeah. Old school team, and we were worried about that, and so we, we mixed things up a little bit, yep. So, uh, particular kids or units that look pretty good? Oh, I think the secondary pretty exceptional. Um, I think the receiving core had a good game as well. And our tailbacks, our young tailbacks, are starting to come along. We play, we play four kids at tailback. Um, and, and that group is starting to mold a little bit and find their strengths. And they're all starting to learn the offense and get better week to week. And you said you thought that Gavin played really well. Yes, I thought Gavin had a very good game. Uh, I think he went 11 for 17. He actually had two drops. So it was he did pretty well. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he went through his progressions. Uh, he played the game well with his feet as well, too. Uh, he called a good game, too. We gave him the, the green light for audibles, and uh, I thought he called a good game. Uh, I talked to the other coaches about um, the difference this year with the 40-second clock from the time the whistle blows that the play's over compared to 
waiting around. Guy goes to the sideline to get the play, and a lot of times they give him some leeway before they say ready for play, and then it's 25 seconds. Are you finding that's good? Is it presenting problems? What's that? What's it hasn't been a problem for us, but the thing I like about it, it's more consistent. Uh, in the past, we've had, because we go no huddle, we've had um, some spot the ball quick when we're not going quick. So we kind of actually make a mistake. So we're not going quick, but the referees went quick. So we kind of lose track of time. Sure. This is consistent one way or the other, no matter what. There's no, depending on the spot of the ball, the timing-wise. So we've been, we've actually, it's been better for us, believe it or not. You know, all the coaches said the same thing. They like the consistency. They, they feel like it, you know. And Hathaway was saying, now the guy puts his hand up with 10 seconds. So you got to get a feel for when you can run and run your motion yeah. and those kind of things. And, and uh, they, most all the coaches have felt they, they like it. I would like a clock, play clock. Yeah, Levitt has a clock. I don't know how they jumped on that so fast. But uh, I went over there for that scrimmage game there with you guys, and, boy, it was nice having that clock. It does make a it. difference. We prevented a couple penalties for us in that scrimmage. Yeah, and I think it allows, the, having been a quarterback, allows a quarterback to – Get a feel for okay. I I can I can see everything. I know what time I'm going to snap the ball. Yep. You know that kind of thing. I like that. Yep, I agree. Uh, any trends that you've seen now that you've had a chance to? I know it's only two weeks, but surprises in the conference. Uh, anybody that you is better than you thought they might be? Or no, I think it's I think it's just the lack of depth at our at our conference. Lack of numbers. Um, Class D footballs is in a sensitive spot right now. Um, Numbers-wise, I, I believe uh, we got to be careful and make sure we're judicious in all our games. Uh, I think we got to play hard and uh, we got to make sure we take care of all teams. I think we're in a sensitive spot now, especially numbers-wise. You know, there's not a lot of teams, a lot of non-numbers. So, um, in football, it seems like the more numbers you have, the more you can do, the more successful you are, and that things of that nature. So, uh, we got to do we do our do our jobs and uh, making sure football stays in a great place. Yeah, I think I said before uh, to the other coaches, I, I think the MPA is going to have to decide, get some people together who aren't just looking out for their school, but all the schools, like you just said, and kind of get a sense for what are we going to do, you know, because the numbers are down. They're down in our schools, for one thing. We've lost 150 kids a year. Yeah. Uh, so that's a lot for a small school. Yeah, I would like to see a statewide D. We have a statewide A because of numbers. Yeah. Why can't we have a statewide D because of numbers? Uh, and what we do is we tier it for travel. Sure. But when it comes to playoffs, playoffs is playoffs. Yeah. yeah you figure that out. But um, I think that it would be the best thing because I'm a little worried that we may lose teams to uh, eight man, and then uh, I don't, the complexion and the the appearance of the conference will change dramatically. Dramatically. What? Um, I said hockey started to go through this because EL, Lewiston, St. Dom's are so strong compared to everybody else that they made a two-tiered scheduling situation where if you wanted to play in that upper echelon, you had to play everybody. You had to play the medal, and you're probably going to get waxed, but you could improve, and you could play because for a while EL played down in the next mm-hmm. level down, and I thought it made a difference for them. They got their program where they wanted it, and then they won two state championships when they moved back up. So... I think to have some flexibility to do some of those things would be really helpful. Yeah. Well, I, I still think a statewide, even if we had only 13 teams, 
statewide, you just do it by travel, though, class name. Yeah. You know, we don't want to play the extreme up there, and they don't want to play extreme down here. Sure. So I think you can figure it out. Yeah. Um, well, I think so. In the best interest of football, you find a way yeah. to figure it out. Well, that's the thing. If we want it to survive. Yeah. I think it. I think there is some good football players in Class D. Sure. I think there are there are good people in Class D. Um, we don't want to see teams uh, disappear, um, but if they do decide to go eight, we support them. Sure. Eight um, uh, man football, I'm sure, is great football. I haven't had a chance to see a game yet. Yeah. Um, I do love eleven man football. Sure. So don't blame me there. Yeah. So you've got winter this week. Yep. Um, that should be a good game. Well, we hope so. Um, they're a very physical team in the box. They're very fast athletically outside the box. Uh, quarterbacks, uh, three-year starter. Uh, very, very uh, uh, in-shape physical athlete at quarterback position, which you don't see nowadays. Um, he's got a lot of guts. He hangs in the pocket as long as he can. He'll look down the barrel of a gun, and uh, he'll deliver the pass. Uh, he's a good football player. Uh, so, so that, with it being homecoming, that'll be a good game. That'll be, that'll be good I'm for the fans. I'm hoping so, yeah. 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 Well, Coach, thanks, and uh, good luck next week, this Thank week. You. Thank you. All right, take care. I'm here with uh, Darren Hartley, head football coach at Lewiston High School. Coach, a uh, little bit of a thriller uh, last week against Bangor. Yes, uh, a life-shortening experience, quite <laughs> frankly. Now, we did some great things, but, and you know, we're working so hard on attitude and adversity, and the kids didn't quit. Bangor gave us a handful. We had some you know, continuation of being young and blowing some coverages, and they executed very well down the stretch, but we were able to get a big play from Dylan Jackson and hold on, and, you know, a win is a win, and by gosh, we'll take it. Yeah, because, you know, I was uh, I was doing the EL game, and I kept looking for the the scores on Twitter and whatever. It's like head behind, head back and forth. It's like, holy smokes, what a game. Yeah, it was a battle. I mean, our kids showed up. We got down 14 nothing early. You know, at that point, just, you know, the way things have been here, it would have been real easy to quit. But we had to make an adjustment up front. We just weren't executing, and we were able to make an adjustment to start the second quarter and then able to improve the adjustment at halftime, which is really kind of another piece that I'm very proud of because the coaches did their job, the kids knew what we were talking about, and then we were able to distance ourselves a little with a really great drive in the third quarter to kind of open up things and start looking like a football team that understands what they need to do and, again, able to score in a bunch there and, and hold Bangalore off late. Any particular kids or units that you want to single out? Yeah, I just, uh, you know, we got a sophomore quarterback that really, really started to show up and still made a couple of uh, couple of errors the other night, but, you know, threw for about 140 yards, rushed for just under 100 yards, you know, really kind of that's what we're looking for out of that position and, you know, he's still just a kid and still doesn't even really understand our system. And that was a great uh, growing experience. And then the offensive line, we've just really not executed well at all. And, and we like the group. Uh, so the third quarter drive, we ran the same play seven times in a row oh. for, for a total of about 44, 45 yards. And, you know, we're proud of that because kind of they knew what was coming and they couldn't stop it because we finally started to execute, and, and, it, and I'm really proud of that that moment for us, and it gave the kids some confidence. Even though any broke, don't fix it, right? No, that's <laughs> you know we had to, and we they didn't move, so we were in communication with the guys upstairs, and they kept lining up in the same front, and we just kept running it one way and running it the other way, and then we take turns with between the tailback and the quarterback. That's another thing in that in that spread stuff. When you fake it to the tailback and then the quarterback keeps it, 
it just allow it makes the linebackers just have to read and that half second you know does them in some you know most times and that that the execution of that drive was just outstanding I was again I'm really proud of that group up front coach what uh, how are you f- uh, finding playing on turf uh, when you're home yeah, it's, what, what's that like it's fun I, I got to be honest with you we had our two preceding games were on grass and kind of forgot how thick grass is. Uh, this is a fast surface. I mean, there's there's no blems, there's no there's no potholes, there's no divots, and it's really it's unique. Uh, it's uh, you and when you practice here every day and then go play on grass, you forget just how plush and and I guess you'd say slow grass is. It just is. It's it's different. But we we certainly enjoy it and. We haven't had any rainouts, you know, either. It's been, it's pretty easy. I said when I first saw the complex, all I saw was a picture of it initially. And I said right out there behind the Minahan uh, school board, I said if that's grass, I'd find at least a little, couple of minutes to get over there once in a while when you're playing on grass. Yeah, we do all, to, our, we do all our sled work over yeah, there, I but saw that. That, that part of the complex is still not finished. Uh-huh. So that hasn't passed muster, so the grass out there is is is. Poor. It's not even Looks grass. Nice from here, but yes. not when you're up there, right? And that's the yeah. throwing pit for the track oh, program. So oh, there's yeah. a lot of divots. Oh, so, sure. but we still do our sled work over yeah. there. That's where we work on Tuesdays. Now I know they're over there working on the field, but inside the track, eventually, would you be able to go over there in the fall and, yeah. and do some some work? Yeah, there's a rotation between the soccer teams and the football teams to be able to get on grass, and we were supposed to be in that rotation this year, but the field did not pass the uh, muster. That's why they re doing that surface inside the track. So next year, which it appears we'll have plenty of time now, next year we have a rotation. I think we're there one day a week, which is great, which sure. would be great for us. You pass patterns and things like that so your kids get used to what that feels like. Absolutely. Coach, uh, Thornton Academy, uh, there, isn't any, there isn't any secret there. They, they're a good team. They've been a good team for the last, what, six, seven years. And really, for those of us a little bit older, for a lot longer than that, but at least people have really noticed them the last six or eight years. Uh, what do you look for from them? What, what do they look like? Well, they're just uh, they're deep on both sides of the ball. Uh, they're big. They have uh, depth at the, even more depth at the skill positions than probably most any team in the state. Uh, certainly well coached. Kevin's a great coach and a great staff, great history, great tradition. Um, we we got to minimize mistakes. In fact, we can't make any mistakes. We have to try to extend our bench a little bit next week, uh, tomorrow night to try to get a few extra kids in the game to be able to hang around in the second half. Because if we don't, you know, in all likelihood, it's not going to go our way. We have, we have to overcome a really, really good team, defending state champions with great depth, great coaching. Um, and our kids know what they're up against. We've been studying, we've been working, but they're a good football team, and, and we're going to have to play our absolute best game to hang around. I'm talking with Darren Hatley, Lewiston High School. Darren, one other thing, uh, I've been asking the other coaches, uh, this is the first year of the 42nd uh, putting the ball in play. In other words, the second the whistle blows, 42nd starts. Levitt, by the way, has a clock already, uh, which is really classy. It looks great to both ends and, and whatever. How have you find that? Is that has smoothed out the, the, uh, the, the speed of the plays and whatever? Yeah, we, we haven't noticed. In fact, it, it was a point of uh, emphasis for our Sunday night meeting. 
because it's no secret. Again, <laughs> we, we, we need to try to shorten the game if we can. Sure. Um, and so we, we need to manage the clock. We haven't noticed um, even the back judge doing the fist pump whatsoever. We've, we've been right in routine. I think I've had uh, one intentional delay a game in the two games so far. Sometimes I get in a situation where on a punt, I won't even worry if I don't have something in. I just let it go to delay. But we haven't even noticed it, to be honest with you, and, and hasn't it hasn't been a factor for us. Most everybody has said the uh, same thing. You know, Hathaway was saying at Levitt, uh, because they run so much motion, uh, they, it took them a while to get used to waiting for the, if they're trying to use some clock, waiting for the fist in the air at 10 seconds, and then start their motion at that time and right, so on. Right, right. But most everybody's felt like it has sped the game up. It's more consistent. You can count on it. And the game's over. Yeah. Versus that you, a lot of times they wait the quarterbacks on the sideline. We'll wait till it gets back before we're ready for play. And, you know, it just seemed like the game dragged on. This seems to have really made Yeah, it. I, I think it's been very seamless. I, I don't think uh, I would agree. I think the game's been very seamless. We haven't noticed any changes in what we're trying to do, get our plays in on a timely manner and execute. Um, Again, it's been been great. Great. Well, Coach, good luck. Thank you very uh, much. I think we're here covering. It won't be me. I'm at a yell, but I think somebody's going to be here. So that'll be good. Good luck. Great. Dave Thanks, Sterling, Dave. Football care. Coach Edward Otto. Coach, uh, as I said, uh, when you came off in the practice field, nobody's going to accuse you of having an easy schedule. Nope. No, it's, it's uh, the highest division in the state of Maine, and we explained that to parents and players right from the start, and there is no rest for the weary. you got to no. get right back to work. No. So uh, Sanford's coming in. I do remember the quarterback from last year, mm-hmm. Xavier. He's Xavier's really athlete. pretty good. Yeah, excellent athlete. He made some incredible plays. He made opening play against Oxford Hills. Were you at that game? No. Eighty-yard touchdown run by him. Just ran around oh. the left end. I just remember throwing. He, he outran guys that had the angle on him really? downfield. Yeah. He is just a phenomenal athlete. Um, one play against Thornton Academy, he's being tackled. He switches the ball to his left hand and throws the ball to the slot receiver. Wow. He's just it's it's and they've got a. Uh, a kid, Leighton Bickford, who's uh, I believe he's six foot seven, wide receiver, and he's going to UMaine on a basketball scholarship, and he's just cool. an excellent athlete. And they've got a slot receiver that runs probably a sub four four forty. I remember the game here last year. Yep. it was close. Yeah, the whole game. And then all of a sudden, yeah, there was somebody kind of had his feet, and he uncorked a fifty yarder right in right on the yep. money in the end. Well, zone. it was actually yeah, it was it was at the ten yard line. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we, and then we drove the length of the field, and then yeah. Came, couldn't put the ball in, dropped it in the end zone a couple yeah. times, but yeah. So, coach, any uh, standouts that you from the from last week's game? Yeah, we had you know you had some you know, really good uh, work by a lot of our interior line uh, interior linemen like uh, Dennis uh, Eric Dennis has come a very long way. Gavin LePage has done done better on the defensive line as well as the offensive line. A guy named Nick Kaiser has really stepped up and started playing guard for us extremely well. Um, and you know we we need you know, a little bit better leadership across the board to become a better football team. Giles Parody uh, really stepped in the beginning opening drives. We ran some heavy set with him at quarterback, and he ended up, he got a, what we thought was a concussion at the time, had to pull him out of the game. And then uh, Tyson Green ran for 76 yards in the game, and uh, without his one fumble, he probably would have broken 100 easily. Yeah, I thought that there was some, you had two nice drives to start right off in yep. the game, and yep. one did the second one, it resulted in a touchdown the first one. It was a penalty, and then he he did yep. fumble the ball. He recovered his own. And then we had a couple of turnovers but, the yeah. next couple of series, and yep. you know, and then uh, and then it, they got kind of rolling a little bit. Yep, but they did. Uh, 
Uh, so three quarterbacks. Was there? A, what's the thought? I know two of them are sophomores, which yep. makes sense. The future. Well, two, one's a sophomore, one's a junior, oh, right. one's one a senior. A junior, right. Giles really hasn't. He wasn't around enough during the summer to get all the offense down and and running the the program the way we wanted to. And as well, the the other two uh, run the offense extremely well from the spread when we need to. And Giles gives us an extra dimension. He also plays fullback for us at times. And we really need him on the defensive side of the ball because when he went out with that injury, our defense changed dramatically. We didn't have sure. the same type of people that could tackle at the second level. And so it was it was significant. Yeah, I don't think people understand sometimes when you lose a key person either side of the ball, mm-hmm. when you make your adjustments, it's it's not the same defense yeah, the, anymore, the, the same and, offense. And the depths of the you know the depths of any roster is one or two sure. players deep and that's sure. about it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I remember the squads, and so do you. I'm sure that I, I can remember one of my squads in Scout. We had 80 upperclassmen. Yeah, yeah. and 30 freshmen. I yeah. mean, had plenty of depth. But even then, if you were talking about a basketball game, one guy goes down. No, no, your, your you, whole your you, whole you know package changes. You, in those it. days, everybody's running tailback. High, high school high school sports, it's, it changes dramatically. You lose your tailback, baby. There's yeah. not a lot of guys you're, that are the same caliber. You're not talking like an SEC college program where you got three <laughs> All Americans standing around in the same position. So. Yeah. Uh, so what are you thinking? Uh, we know they've got uh, Xavier. You said they've got good receivers. Oh, yeah. They, uh, running backs. They, yeah. I, the crazy thing about their jerseys that they have, it's a red on red. So in video, you couldn't make out the numbers. Oh, boy. So they've got an excellent running back. Um, he's he's probably like 6'1", 210, runs like a deer. He's a very good running back. They do a lot of RPOs with him and with Xavier. And Xavier keeps the ball extremely well. Been really trying to look – give the defense some excellent look, but, you know, it's hard to replicate somebody like that. You know, it's like trying to ask somebody to play like Michael Vick. It's not everybody can do that. Yeah. So it will be it will be interesting. This has been uh, Dave Sterling, a game here tomorrow night at Walton Field. Uh, Sanford will come in to play the Red Eddies. Yes, sir. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Here with Poland head football coach Spencer Emerson. Coach, uh, i got to be honest, pretty brutal schedule. Yeah, I mean, you know, we played where we're placed. You know, we were placed in C-South, and, you know, Spruce was our crossover in D. And, you know, just like I always said, we'll play anybody anytime. You know, it's about being competitive. You know, last week we weren't as competitive as we'd hoped. Um, good football team. We played team, a good no. football team that has, has going to get a lot of, you know, it's going to win a lot of games. Um, but at the end of the day, though, we got to do better at executing. We got to do better at tackling. Um, we got to figure some things out up front. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's football, man. You got you to play. And the beautiful thing about this early in the season is you always have another opportunity. Any particular kids, uh, coach, that you uh, or, or section of the team that you thought you know played pretty well? Or? Um, I mean, I think I think our receiving core is doing well this year. Um, we ask a lot of them. They have to do a lot of different things, um, a lot of different motions, a lot of different routes, and they've they've, they've stepped up to the plate. Um, with that I mean, as much as we throw it, there's going to be some drops. So we got to clean that up. But our, you know, last week you know we had a few few receivers that played pretty well, so we'll take it. Um, did I ask you about the 40-second clock last week? You know, I used to be 25 seconds. You, now it's 40. Yeah. Uh, but is it? I've heard more consistent moving the game. Yeah, along. I like it. I mean, I'm a tempo. I'm a tempo guy. I'm a spread guy. We we try to go as fast as we possibly can. So it didn't really change much for us defensively. It did a little bit. Um, you get your calling pretty fast. Um, but I'm what I'm impressed with is the rest of them have a better job. Uh, even since two years ago when I was over um, as an assistant in Lewiston, um, 
then to now, the game goes a lot faster, at least in my opinion. Maybe it feels like it because I'm the head guy now, but I think the rest have done a better job improving and understanding where the game's headed, which is a faster, more up-tempo game. We've talked from up in the press box. I think it's been faster. When I look at my watch and the game's over, mm-hmm. the game's over quicker. Oh, yeah. And I think there is a better tempo. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Uh, of course, Lovett's the only one that's got a clock up yet. Right. As you know they would. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is kind of classy. I start in action in the, in the preseason scrimmage, and it's really nice as a quarterback you can look up there at both ends of the field and go oh there's the clock yeah, right there yeah. uh, 10 seconds the official puts his hand up mm-hmm. uh, and Hathaway Coach Hathaway was saying that's when he starts his motion yep. so it kind of gives him they can use some clock without hurrying mm-hmm. and yet it gives him a kind of a signal if you will. yeah I think if you're if you're in the business you know it's funny different game plans have different things right so there's some drives where you know, we're going tempo, we're going as fast as we can. And there's drives where, you know, you think back and you go, wow, we probably should have done some four-minute stuff, probably should have ran the ball here and there. Having that clock visually in front of you um, definitely, you know, lends you to be a little bit more in tune to that. But we try to do a good job of managing the clock. Um, my assistants do a really good job of keeping me abreast of things if I'm not, you know, if I, if I miss something. Um, but I like the pace of the play. I like where the game's at right now. Um, but I'm just excited, man. Another opportunity. You know, when you play, like we played last week, an opportunity to make it right is like, you know, you're chomping at the bit. Sure. So, so I'm eager to see how we do Friday night. We've challenged our players quite a bit um, and, and, and gave them some tough love. But, you know, it's all out of love for the for them and wanting them to rise to the occasion and put a better product on the field for our fans. I'm talking with uh, Poland coach Spencer Emerson. Chris, I used to say it's practically the only profession where you put your reputation and your job, everything else on the line for 14 to 15-year-old kids, sometimes a little older, <laughs> yeah. who've got other things on their mind. Absolutely. Uh, and the outcome of that... It depends on how you feel and how your week weekend's going to go. Yeah, no, deal. it's funny. I was talking about that with my staff about how, like, you know, you know, we challenged a couple of our players that we felt like we could they could, they could get, bring us more. And we talk about that balance of, like, understanding, all right, they're giving us all that they got. You know what I mean? Like, you know, asking a kid to do something that he's not capable of doing, you're setting both yourself up for disappointment and the kid up for disappointment. So we got to put our kids in the best position to succeed. And, you know, it, it, it's funny, yeah. I mean, you put in a lot of time, um, but you know the tape doesn't lie. You know, you might not win a bunch of games, but on tape you can tell who's well coached. And I think, it, especially yeah. in our league, I, I mean, I don't know enough about C North or D North and anything like that. But the coaches we face week in and week out are just so detailed. Sure. Um, their game plans are great, and they have their guys in the right positions. And you know, it makes my job a lot tougher. But I'm glad to be, be surrounded and be able to learn from all these great coaches in my area. I would say one of my years in Skowhegan, we had a pretty young team. And I literally handed out brown paper bag to every kid on the team. And I said, open it up, put your hand in, whatever. And they said, okay. I said, no. All the stuff that's going on, the girlfriend, the, your mom's mad at you, you forgot your lunch, all the stuff. You failed an English test. Put it in the bag. Right. Roll the top down, put it in your locker. When you come out, yeah. here's a chance to get that all out of Absolutely. your system. Go crazy. Hit Absolutely. somebody. Have fun. We talk about that. Channeling it, right? You yeah. know, we, we play a, a game that's violent, but it's but it's channel it's it, it's channeled aggression it's healthy it's a, it's a release we talk about that you know using all the negative stuff in our life is fueled to, to play well and uh but football is different it's one of those things where you've got to have a clear mind and we ask a lot of our guys especially with our schemes both up front and at the skill positions so um you know we try to balance that out of having stuff they understand and not having too much but also having enough to have a you know complete game plan well i've always said you know it used to be in the old days they say oh the dumb lineman no there's no such no, thing anymore God, no they, they need to, especially on offense they need to know so much stuff oh, yeah, yeah. 
know, between between the read stuff and the pass protection and bits blitz pickup, who's pulling on a certain play, what are our rules on inside zone, what are our rules on outside zone? I mean, we're talking about a lot of different lot of stuff. stuff. The assignments, there aren't that many assignments, but it's a lot of quick thinking. It's it's every snap you have to you know look up, use your eyes, use your mind, and then communicate that. All I mean, and we're snapping the ball every twelve seconds, so sure. it's it's it, it, you know yeah. we we appreciate our linemen for what they're you know all the work they're putting in, um, but we're also asking them you know to step up to the challenge this Friday night against a great York team. Yeah, I was going to say, what yeah. do you see from York? Um, the skill positions are all over the place. They got, I mean, there was the, the quarterbacks completed balls to eight different targets. Um, he went 19 of 25 last week versus a very good and well-coached Cape Elizabeth team. Uh, it's funny because they're like us, right? Very rarely, I mean, probably twice or three times a year we get to play against a team and our scout stuff is almost like our plays. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, you know, other than a couple yeah. motions and a couple sets, sure. our, uh, our scout team is, you know, hey, run our concept and run our formation. So it's nice to be able to do that. Um, we feel like we're... We're in a good spot. You know, I mean, we're an 0-2 team, but we feel like we're, we're getting better. We're, you know, we're doing everything we can. Um, we ran into a buzzsaw last week, but we're hoping to get it right. But York is, you know, they're very well coached. Matt Nelson does a great job. I know their offense coordinator, Pat Costin, does an unbelievable job with the offense. Quarterbacks, you know, he's a, he's a veteran. He's a junior. Um, a lot of weapons. But they're similar to us, and I think it's going to be one of those games that when you look out, you know, you look at halftime, you're like, oh, my God. How, you know, like, how there's so many yeah. points on the board? We feel like it's going to yeah. be an electric game and, and a fun game to watch. Great. Coach, thanks. Absolutely. Good luck. Thank you. See you next week. Absolutely. All right. That's good. Welcome in. It is week three of the Coach's Corner. Of course, the Coach's Corner uh, with Oxford Hills Vikings head football coach Mark Soren as we get ready for their game tonight against Falmouth slash Greeley this evening. Uh, at the Gwine Athletic Complex. You can hear it on 92.7 WOXO. You can watch it on NBR's Facebook page. This is part of the Maine Athletic Fundraising Football Friday podcast. Coach, uh, let's kind of go back and, and we'll go back in time a little bit and talk a little bit about last week. What did you see on film last week uh, from the game against Sanford that was encouraging and, and maybe discouraging or vice versa? We could we should probably do the compliment sandwich, right? Like however that works. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, um, you know, Stanford's an excellent football team. Um, they've got 20 seniors on their team. I think most of them start somewhere. Um, they've got, I think, two Division One football players, at least on that team. You know, they've got a Division One basketball player on that team. They're a talented team. I think they can go a long ways. And they made some big plays against us. We, um, you know, we knew how good their quarterback would be and how fast he was. It's just hard to simulate that in practice and he in the first play he showed us all how fast he was and um and after that we did a pretty decent job sort of anticipating the speed and corralling him to a certain extent he had a couple long runs but we also sacked him a fair amount and he ended up with actually less yards rushing than he had on his first play so you know we did a we did an okay job but he's you know he was 10 for 12 throwing threw a beautiful ball those receivers were fast they did a good job you know and and i think and they were fast enough to have some big plays um, and, and the thing is, you know, with us, we're pretty young and inexperienced and we were able to adapt to a certain extent. Um, and, you know, we had 150 yards throwing and we had, you know, 150 running. So there were a lot of things that we, that were positive for us. It's just that once they got up, um, it was hard for us because it, you know, and you can always go back and say the what ifs, but we kind of got out our game plan because we were down so much. You know, when we got down on the one yard, it was second goal at the one, and we missed some assignments on the goal line. And, you know, they stopped us and we didn't score, and that was a big momentum change for them. Um, and they did a great job with that. And, you know, if, if we score there, you know, it's, 
and, and, and if we hold them out on basically the last play of the end of this, the second quarter, it could be a 14-14 game. Um, instead, and then they come out in the first, the first, basically first play of the second half, first series, and score that long one. So now instead of being 21-14, it's 28-7. And now we're really not able to play the game we want to play. You know, uh, Colby Van Decker did a great job running the ball. It's just now we have got to, we've got to do play some catch-up. Um, and we struggled a little bit. You know, we were only 7 of 22. We, we just couldn't complete passes. Their DBs were good. Um, and so we had some, you know, we out we outgained them as far as um, not yardage, but first downs. You know, they we had over 300 yards total offense. So there's a lot of positives that went with it. But when you have a team like that and their big play capability, that that was uh, really the difference in the game. Really, uh, really can be. Um, you know, it's so funny when you mention Is that one of the things with one of the younger teams is having them finish off quarters? Like, I, I know since I've been since I've been covering the sport, you know, for for years, and and I now see it. I never used to pay attention to it, but now I'm really paying attention to it. Just from whether it's the pros, whether it's college, whether it's whether it's high school, specifically high school. I think more so than anything is finishing off in the starting of quarters. I think sometimes there's that lag in the middle, and it seems like all the action happens within the first two minutes. A lot of times, one way or the other, and especially towards the end of the half and things like that. Like remember a game against Chevrolet a couple of years ago? You guys were hanging into it a little bit and Chevers literally got two touchdowns in 28 seconds it was 28 to 7 and halftime and that was it you know what I mean <laughs> completely changes the game right yeah. I mean you sat through yeah, it a few be, times like no, and, and it sounds ahead. like that's kind of what happened here last week so and it seems like that's what the younger teams like finishing off the rest of that the finishing off the rest of that quarter is kind of that next step and getting them to where they want to be yeah I just don't you know when they when they come in they're just you know especially you get a team like Sanford they just don't understand just how fast and how big and how strong and how experienced they are. You know, they, it, it's not that we can't necessarily compete with them. It's just that, it, you know, like when we got second and one, kind of felt like we thought, oh, we can get this in. You know, second and one, we had the goal. We can we can get in. And then that, you know, Sanford said, no, we're not letting them in. And they didn't. You know, and this is sort of like, whoa, like, you know, what happened? And then, like I said, we just didn't, didn't anticipate. Well, like I said, you can't simulate that speed. We anticipated right. it. We couldn't simulate it. And, it, and now the kids, you know, once they sort of figured out, like, oh, that he's really fast, we've got we've to be in better position, we did do a better job, you know. And, again, at the same time, you know, that, you know, we overran some things uh, defensively and they were cutting back on it. That's just good experience stuff for them. And, you know, the end of the half thing, you know, again, it's just like bear down. All you got to do is a couple plays and stick with it. And, you know, they – their credit they made the play and we didn't and it's just it's we you know we've got to grow up pretty quick is what we've got to do so taking some of those lessons uh, learned from last week and applying them to this week against the falmouth team um what are what are some of the differences are there any similarities uh, between these two and of course uh, a little bit different uh this will be uh, your first uh, this will be your first kind of crossover game as well so we'll talk a little bit about that too yeah, they're. I mean, the similarities I'd say is they have they have speed in their backfield. You know, they they've got athletes that they can spread the ball to. Um, they're not as big. Um, it, you know, Stanford was a really big, strong team. Uh, Falmouth just doesn't have quite the size they do. Um, I think that their their skill position guys are pretty fast too. So that's going to be something for us we probably have an advantage in our size in our front seven um but again you know those things you still got to go and execute and and falmouth has 
well, you know, a long time ago, um, when I was at Poland, we played against Falmouth and they always executed well. And, you know, and I think Falmouth also, they've been in the playoffs and gone, gone fairly deep. So they're, you know, they've that experience behind them as well. So, you know, we're going to have to come out and play a very disciplined game and limit those big plays again. If we can limit big plays, I really think we can play with anyone. You know, I think we can move the ball. You know, I think we can, um, we can stop people. We just can't let them get behind us and, and, and score. Talking with the Oxford Hills Vikings head football coach Mark Soren, week three as Falmouth makes the trip up to the Goyne Athletic Complex, 6.30 pregame tonight on 92.7 WOXO. Video stream online at mbr.org. This, of course, is part of the Maine Athletic Fundraising Football Friday podcast. How's everybody looking health-wise going into this week? Uh, we've been good. We're healthy, which is nice. Uh, we um, we have everyone available, um, so that shouldn't be an issue. You know, you come out of the game, the big, strong, fast team like Stanford, and you wonder. But, no, we, we, uh, we've had a good week of practice. Um, I think the kids, it was a bit of a wake-up call. Um, you know, and, and we just – I don't. we're not taking Class B teams lightly. You know, I mean, I think, right. you know, especially the main discussions of, as far as um, classification and things go, like – we we understand that Class B schools are good football schools. You know, sometimes they might have not have quite the depth, but the talent's there. So, you know, we just got to be aware of that. You know, we we got to see Brunswick early and Chevrolet, and those are two quality teams. So, you know, we understand that, that we've got a job to do, and it's going to be a, a good game. Talking with Oxford Hills Vikings head football coach Mark Soren as we get ready for week three against Falmouth. One last question for you. Anybody standing out over the first couple of weeks that maybe, uh, I don't know, surprised you a little bit or maybe has, has got some of that little overachiever uh, going with them, uh, has really put a lot of work in and is seeing it paid off that maybe you're like, oh, hey, I knew if you put a little, you know, really ground down, you'd, you'd, you'd do some things. Anybody like that in the first couple of weeks? Well, I think, I mean, it's always easy to, to point out some of the skilled guys and do that sort of thing. I mean, you know, Colby Van Decker, who, you know, he's done a great job for us. Addison Brown as a receiver has done a nice job. You know, he kind of, we always knew how good he was and he popped for 130 some yards receiving, uh, you know, against Stanford. But really, you know, when you look and we look at where our strengths are this year, I think that we're also really strong up front. You know, uh, we have a senior captain, Garrett Pendexter, who, didn't see a lot of playing time for us, but he's always been an incredibly hard worker. And, you know, he had, he actually had a really good game um, versus Sanford. We grade out our linemen and, you know, he really did a nice job. You know, other guys that are in there, David Dingley, who was an all conference performer for us last year, but again, and he, he was elected captain. Um, he's, he's done an incredible job on the offensive line as well. The kid that I don't know if many people also probably aren't noticing is Marcus Stone, who's, you know, he's one of our best athletes, and we've got him down at defensive tackle because he's so quick and strong. He's actually running back as well. Um, and, he, you know, we keep saying, like, we've got to give him the ball, but they were double-teaming and triple-teaming him um, in the Sanford game. He was pretty tired, so, and Colby was doing a great job, so we just didn't give him carries. But he's another one that, you know, really is doing a great job. He had 10 tackles as a defensive tackle, which is really unheard of um, against one of the best teams in the state. So, those guys, those guys have really been a pleasant surprise. I mean, I, I know I think um, when Marcus is – he doesn't very often, but when he gets in on the scout team against us in our offensive line, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. It would be tough to game plan for, for him. So those guys have done a really nice job for us. 
He is Oxford Hills Vikings head football coach Mark Soren, and this has been the Coach's Corner for Week 3. Coach, good luck tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Great. Thank you very much.